What's up, y'all? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Oh, man. It's 6 o'clock in the fucking morning. I'm doing a show for y'all, so trust me. This was on my mind all fucking night. And yesterday, I got the news that John Madden, the Raiders Hall of Fame coach and broadcaster, passed away at 85. And on the 25th, I watched that All Madden documentary. They advertise it literally every day (sighs) until it came on. So I'm like, yo, if you know me, you know I love sports documentaries. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch this. Absolutely have to. And I wasn't disappointed because it showed us who John Madden was and what his legacy is. And I was telling y'all, I literally just said in the last episode, if you don't know who John Madden is beyond the video game franchise, you needed to watch that. And believe you me, I don't regret not why I don't regret not watching this game. Game docu- documentary, my bad. So he was with the Raiders. He coached the, the Raiders for a decade. And they won the Super Bowl in the nineteen seventy six season. And they made it to the a- to seven AFC title games under him. His record as a coach was 103-32-7, regular season record, and he had a 759 winning percentage, which was the best among NFL coaches with more than 100 games. So John Madden was a respected coach. Okay, okay, we can, like, we can respect that. But I grew up in an era where John Madden was the holy grail of broadcasting. And there would be no be dangerous. There would be no on the mic with Mike. There would be literally no sports broadcaster after him if it hadn't been for his influence and the impact that he caused in the broadcasting world. Because obviously I've been watching sports since before I could walk. And John Madden was a figure in my life that I definitely remember because of my father. And watching sports with him and watching him call games was definitely more entertaining than actually watching a game himself. Because he did more than just put the color and color commentary. If he got a hold of your name during a game, whether you were unknown or you were a superstar, it was legit. Because John Madden would put a stamp on you as a player and as a brand, so to speak. So, say you were a rookie player, and you had some hype or some buzz going on. If you were playing in a game John Madden called, and he said your name or said anything about you, trust me, your stock would rise tenfold. And and his catchphrases, you know what I'm saying? Like It was definitely some classic, classic shit. And the funny thing is, they said he retired from broadcasting in 2009, but I'm like, it didn't even seem like he retired. Like, that's how much John Madden's impact was still felt. Like, it's been over 10 years. Wait, 
10, 12 years since he retired and called his last game. But you would know it. Like, if you can retire and you still feel, and it still feels like you're still around, you definitely have some impact in the NFL world or in any profession for that, for that matter. And he was calling games for 12, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the story and I literally just woke up. I still got crest in my eyes, so bear with me, please. Ah, he called games for three decades and he won 16 Emmy Awards for Outstanding Sports Analyst of Personality. And he covered 11 Super Bowls on four networks from, set, from 1979 to 2009. Bro. As a aspiring sports journalist or analyst, so to speak, you would strive to accomplish a fraction of what John Madden did in his career, his broadcasting career. It's like you were already a decorated coach. Then you achieve greater success as an analyst and become absolutely legendary. Like that's like, like, like I said, he was the blueprint of what every sports broadcaster, personality or analyst is. And I definitely take my head off to John Madden for that. Let's see. Oh. And, of course, like I said, I already covered the Madden games. But how I got into Madden, I'll repeat it again like I did in my last episode. 99 and 2000 was when I started to get into football. Like, granted, I watched football, but I really didn't know what was going on. So how would you expect a nine-year-old to learn football the way it was played? Because NFL Blitz, okay, you get how the game is played. But how to get the actual soul of football, you had to play Madden. And I played Madden 2000 for the first time at nine years old. And that's what sparked my love for the game of football itself. Because Madden made sure literally every nook and cranny was covered. And I played Madden 99 as well. So those are the first two Maddens that I played. So those always have a special place in my heart. But my absolute favorite Madden games, too, two of them. <sighs> Damn, excuse me. Let's see. My favorite Madden games, too. My two favorite Madden games. I guess I'd have to go with 04 and 05. Because to me, that was the pinnacle of what Madden was. Because if you don't know, you had Michael Michael Vick on 2004 and Ray Lewis on 2005. And I still have those games in my room right now. And yeah, like if you played those two games separately, like you would definitely be like, okay, these are the shit. Absolutely are the shit. And, ugh, Lord. And John Madden... He was definitely a giant and a pioneer in many, many ways in the sports industry. And like I said, I would hope that when I start to get my feet wet and making the show bigger and trying, trying to turn this, trying, trying to change Dangerous Sports Talk into a really big brand, and I start calling games, whatever it, whatever it is that I want to do, 
I would hope to accomplish half of what he did in his career. And it definitely made me made me a little bit sad, you know what I'm saying, to hear that he passed away. But I didn't regret didn't regret not I didn't regret watching that documentary because it gave me an insight of who he was as obviously a coach, a broadcaster, and as a person because they said John Madden, he was down to earth, he was personable, and he was a really good man. And if people can say good things about you as a person, that really is a testament to who you are. Because you can accomplish this and accomplish and accomplish that in your life. But if you ain't shit as a person, then those accomplishments are in vain. Because if no one really has anything to say about you, good things to say about you as a person, as a man or a woman, then yeah. Yeah, you need to do some reevaluating, but Rest in peace to John Madden. Absolutely rest in peace to John Madden. And Mr. Said another milestone last night. He was the first NBA player to get 3,000 three-pointers. And it's like, well, damn. And the scary thing about that is Steph ain't finished yet. He doesn't show any sign of slowing down. So when his career is over, there's no telling how many how many fucking three-pointers that Steph is going to have. But now that he is Mr. 3000, he set some pretty damn lofty goals for any other player or shooting guard that comes after him. Because Steph... Whew, like I said, there are game-changers... And as much as people may love him and or hate him, if you're a fan of somebody else, but another story for another day. But Steph, like, god damn. And the crate, damn. Yeah, he's the first place player to hit 3,000 threes. And the fucked up thing is, the Warriors lost. And I always get on certain people on my team for breaking records and losing, but bro... Ooh, they only lost by three. Damn. Yeah, the Warriors played the Nuggets last night, and they and they lost 89-86. Well, I really doubt they really care about the loss because Steph hit, cause Steph hit those 3,000 threes. But, bro, like, I love you, Steph. I love you. But if you're going to set a record like that, if you're going to set a record like that, please cap it off with a win. Please cap the night off with a win because that makes it even sweeter. Because for me, be dangerous doesn't give anybody excuses at all. So if you can go out there and you can break this record, you're already the three-point king. We know this. But you're definitely moving up the ladder more and setting pretty big standards for guys that come after you. So, yeah, congratulations to Steph Curry for being, for setting this record. But I expect you to win the next game. I certainly do. And the impossible happened last night. The Lakers actually won a fucking game. Can you believe that? The Lakers actually win a game. Versus the Houston Rockets. And yes, the Houston Rockets are... Pretty much sucky. 
And after losing five games in a fucking row, the Lakers actually win this game. And two players had triple doubles. Little sis Russie and somebody else did. And he and somebody else also has 36,000 points in his career. Okay, that's nice. However, I got in their asses for them, them five game losing. For that five game losing streak. And my body was ready for six. Like people will tell you I was so ready for those for that six fucking loss in a row, bro. And they proved me wrong for once. And even though they won, they still kept blowing leads. Like they had a big lead that it would get down to three, get a bleed back up, then it would go back down to two. Like, what game are y'all trying to play here? Like if you get a lead, hold them down and make them know they're not winning shit. Don't give what's the word I'm looking for? Don't give underachieving teams false hope that they're going to win because they've done that many times this season already. So, yes, you won a game. Yes, you got triple doubles. Do it a fucking game. That's all I want. And on that note, I'm going to leave shit right here. Once again, I thank you guys for your love and your support for Dangerous Sports Talk. You guys are fucking amazing. My loyal listeners... I'm truly indebted to you guys. I love you guys so very much. And you guys enjoy your day.